Hi, Craig. Welcome to Hubshots, episode 20. Thanks, Ian. Good to be here. And what a Friday it has been. We're in here at the HubSpot Sydney office. Yes, it's been great. We've interviewed quite a few people today and we'll be sharing that with all of our listeners over the next month or two. Now, today we're talking about email marketing, aren't we? And why are we, why are we covering this topic? Because everyone knows what email marketing is, right? That's right. Everyone does. But I think it's time to actually review it because Email marketing, I would say, has essentially transformed, right? With automation and with platforms like HubSpot, the ability to do different types of email marketing has been expanded. And I think we think email marketing, we think maybe, oh, there's an autoresponder, oh, I'm just going to send this monthly newsletter. But, you know, there's more to it now. There's behavioral email marketing. The key thing that I find about email marketing is that it's kind of one of those things that's put in a box in the corner. And as you say, it has changed. So we all know to do monthly newsletters, right? But it's always the stock standard same newsletter that goes to everyone on our list. Correct. And what you're talking about, things like behavioral marketing, which we're going to talk about later in the episode. And we've actually got a ton of stats and resources for marketing managers in this episode. We're going to look at some of the ways it's changed and how it's easily able to be actioned into our activities. Now, what are some of the stats related to email marketing? Okay, let's start. You know, two and a half million emails get sent every second. I reckon half of them are LinkedIn spam. (laughs) (laughs) So, you you know what? That is a lot of emails flying around in internet land, right? So I think it's really important. And I think the more focused and targeted it is, the better you're going to see results. And we'll talk about this as it goes on. Having a single focus for your email is really important to drive conversion and drive results. Okay. And speaking of results, what are some of the stats around ROI for email? Yeah. So this I picked up in some training that I did recently in Academy is that email marketing has an ROI of 4,300%. And this was from Fast Company. Every study that I've read around email marketing says it's very effective and the return you get from it is very high. So it's definitely something that's It does work. So I'll tell you a little story. Got a customer who has a community of people who pay membership fees, right? And they've just moved on to a whole online system doing it through the website. He came to me and goes, oh, you know what? Email marketing worked because he sent, he probably sent about three emails, slightly different titles, you know, renew your membership, sign up now, you know, join up your extra family members. They literally had people signing up every time they sent that email. People were like, oh, yeah, I got it. I better do it now. So I, that's another important thing. It's like sometimes people might actually get an email and they might not take action. So you might actually think about changing it slightly and resending it at another time where you will get their attention. Okay, nice one. All right, well, that's actually all been just our intro to the show. We should move on to shot one, I guess, which is in about a third of the week. And I thought this was interesting. We've mentioned the HubSpot stats before. Yes, we have. And this is great. We've got a link where they've just got a whole bunch of marketing stats. And so if you're a marketing manager listening to this and you kind of need a bit of convincing for, well, probably not yourself, but for, say, your boss or other yes. people in the in the business. This is a great link this to is go a, through. Now, this is really important. I will pick out one stat from here. It says 80.8% of users are reading email on mobile devices, right? Now, why this is really important is that all too often or for a long time, people have been doing two-column email, three-column emails, trying to stick everything inside your email, you know what? You need to simplify. Simplify is my thing. 
is get it to a single column, keep it really simple, have a headline, have a picture, have a little bit of text, explain to them why they should be reading it and have a single goal and focus for that email. And you will see your conversion and your click-throughs improve. So I think that's a real key. Think about the experience when you're on a mobile. Are you going to be flicking things around? Probably not. Exactly. Now, that's an excellent point. So speaking of um, different marketing sets, and we're going to refer to a lot of different marketing studies in this episode, but there was a good stat that I got from Campaign Monitor, actually, they're an email marketing platform. They basically were saying that automated email messages average 70% higher open rates and 152% higher click-through rates than business as usual marketing message. I thought this was really interesting because we're going to talk about behavioral marketing a little bit later, but just this idea that automating emails to go out when people are ready to receive them actually gets a much better response. It's kind of obvious, right, in hindsight, but yet a lot of companies aren't doing this yet. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, again, you're setting expectation, right? So if you if you say you're going to do something or give something to someone, and they're expecting to get that email with that download or that link to that ebook or link to some slides that you had spoken about. They're expecting it, right? So they're going to open it. So set clear expectations and you'll get a good result. Another stat I want to share, and I guess this ties into the previous one I spoke about. It's, like, it's from TechCrunch. It says 75% of Gmail's 900 million subscribers access their accounts via mobile devices. Now that's huge. Well, that goes to your point before as well that we looked at uh, on the yeah the, the importance of formatting your emails for mobile. It's yeah, there's two independent industry stats uh, highlighting that. All right, on to the HubSpot feature of the week, Craig. Okay, so I thought this was a good opportunity to review one of the nice features that HubSpot email um, builder has yeah Yeah. and so this is this idea of smart content and uh, I don't think this is used by a lot of people so they know how to build their newsletter but smart content basically allows you to on a per content block item by item you can actually select to switch out the content based on some rules so you can choose to change it based on a smart list or actually by a life cycle stage. So HubSpot is smart enough to know that when the email goes out, okay, I'm sending it out to Ian, he's part of this smart list, I can actually switch the content out to this, or he's this life cycle stage, that kind of thing. So you get a, a tailored experience in the content. Why I think this is really important is because what you said at the start, this idea that there are so many more options and features available in email these days to tailor the content for the user at the right time. Now, the smart content's very easy to use. You just click on the little icon in the email builder and you can switch out your content. Yeah, but I think this also drives back Craig. It's That's a fantastic feature and I bet you probably only 10% of people are using it. But again, it comes back to, and we've been looking at this as, ourselves is that how are you segmenting or how are you drilling down in the persona of the people and where they are in that buying life cycle i think if you take a couple of steps back and actually think about that walk through what people are doing what they're feeling where they are and cater for that so it might even mean creating custom properties in your contacts to facilitate that But this is just the next step about the deliverability. And I think what you've touched upon with this smart content is amazing 
if you can utilize it in the right way. That's an excellent point. I guess you're saying make sure you've built up the way to segment before you then jump into the smart content. That's absolutely right. Yeah, excellent point. We've got a link there to the HubSpot knowledge base around using smart content so you can see how easy it is to use there. Now, Craig, challenge of the week. And this is a really good one. The challenge is what do you do with inactive subscribers? And this was a bit of a challenge to me in in my thinking because I've actually I've been of the opinion in my own agencies how we treat our contacts. So I've kind of been saying if, if they're inactive... Delete. Delete, get them out, right? Um, and by inactive, we might mean they haven't opened or clicked on an email within six months. Yep. So we kind of say, oh, right. We'll get. This was a really interesting post on the MailChimp blog where they're actually saying... Inactive subscribers are still valuable customers. I thought this was really interesting because what they actually highlighted was an inactive subscriber is actually worth more than, than a subscriber you don't have. Than, than a subscriber you don't have, right? And it, it sounds obvious, but it's actually not. It, it's kind of counterintuitive in some ways. But what they highlighted was they actually looked at revenue that across a, a number of businesses and how they generate a revenue. Active subscribers, by far the most revenue. Not only did they buy more often, but they bought more when they did purchase. And then inactive subscribers, they actually found that a percentage, I think it was about 10 or 15% of revenue was driven by inactive subscribers. So these people haven't engaged at all, but yet out of the blue, there was an email that they did respond to. So I thought that was very interesting. And then, of course, there was non-subscribers that they had to get through paid things or things like that. Again, this is really interesting because... You know, if you know that information that they're inactive and the time of length they've been inactive, that possibly you need to think about, well, what is an offer or what can you, what information are you going to put in front of them that would reactivate them and get them, get that conversation happening? Because I, I believe that's what they would have done, which would have been, you know, look, if they were interested in a particular product, they probably signed up at a particular time because they showed some interest, but they just weren't ready to do anything. So... So I think you've really got to take a step back. Think about if I was in this situation, what would I do? Well, that's right. And the action item from this is actually to make sure you build a workflow to try re-engage. to re-engage with those inactive subscribers. So don't just automatically delete Correct. them, but actually put a bit of effort. And, and have a plan, I guess, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Put some effort into re-engaging them rather than just deleting them from the database. All right, on to shot four, Craig, opinion of the week. And uh, this is also, again, to do with email. Yeah, so we've got a number of resources here. Um, one is from Newsletter Marketing IO, and they kind of talk about some of the ways to add emotion and stories to help engagement with recipients. So we won't go through that in the episode. We'll just put a link because it had some really good tips. For example, they talked about the value of a PS on emails and yep. just the emotional piece of that. And then the other item that we have in this Opinion of the Week section is some marketing predictions. This, again, was from um, Campaign Monitor. And what they did, I really like these kinds of posts where they talk to industry experts and say, what's your opinion on what's changing in email marketing? There was kind of a common theme around hyper-targeting of emails, segmenting really carefully and that kind of stuff. And yeah, one came from Daniel Cadella, and he was really basically saying that hyper-targeted emails will become the norm this Mm. year. And I think there's a lot of common sense in that because it's not so much, oh, that's a feature that a few people use. It's actually going to become the norm. Correct. Now, I guess I can take this back and go, 
we hear Google talking about micro moments or where people are making choices. And I think email can play in that mix. If you know at a particular point in time, at a micro moment in time, somebody in this buying cycle in this consideration stage is going to do something or they will land on your page, your pricing page, might go check out your frequently asked questions and then might actually end up going back again or then going to your contact page. You could actually trigger something off in a workflow at that point in time because you've actually thought about, oh, hang on, I can re-engage this person in this micro moment of time with an email, the timely email. That's exactly right. You know, what I think is interesting is we'll quite often put a lot of effort into retargeting campaigns and retargeting is often very much behavioral based. We notice that they visit a few sections on the site. We'll set up whole retargeting, you know, paid advertising retargeting campaigns to try and grab their attention. And yet we don't put the same amount of effort into what we could call retargeting email. email we should right. call it retargeting email campaigns, shouldn't we? And it really is this idea of hyper-targeting. That's really good, Craig. Yeah, so something that, you know, and we have the functionality to do this. So it's it's just about putting the effort and focus into those areas. All right, on to our general tip of the week, and this is to do with email timing. And we spoke about this a few episodes back, and this is a HubSpot report that they did, which was about the best time to send email. (laughs) And this is from last year, so the report was collated. And the best time to send email is actually 11 a.m. Monday through to Saturday. And funnily enough, on Sunday night after 9 p.m. That's right. So we just did discuss this a few episodes ago because it was such an interesting finding from this report. I can tell you within the last week or two, we actually ran this for a client. And you know how we do, we've now done this process where every newsletter that we send, we send a follow-up a couple of days later. You know, we've chatted about this before. And just, just for listeners who haven't heard this before, let's assume that you have a newsletter that goes out. What you can do is a couple of days later, you send that newsletter again to anyone that received the newsletter the first time, but didn't open it. So in HubSpot, that's really easy to do with a smart list. You just build a list. So all the people that um, received it, but didn't open it, you send it to them again with a subject line, just as reminder, do this. So anyway, we're using that, the the recent. And how did you go, And so then we did one on a Thursday and then we sent one on a Sunday night. Yeah. And we actually got a really good open. It wasn't as high as as the Thursday, but for a weekend, like a Sunday night, we did get a very high open rate response so i we put it to the test this is only one sample right sample size one but just putting that to the test we actually but did how get a really easy, response from okay it. so take a step back how easy was it to implement that and to see a result like what would have not what say the you the last email campaign got a 50 percent open right you just re-engaged the other 50 that did not open it at a different time frame. That's right. And it, it probably only took you like five minutes worth of work, right? Well, that's right. It's actually, yeah, it's very easy to implement in in HubSpot. Maybe we should, not in this episode, maybe, maybe I'll do a blog post just talking yeah. about how easy it is. There's two kinds of ways you can clone your newsletter and then just resend it again. If you really wanted to set it up all in advance, you can actually do it as part of a, an automated workflow where... A goal of the workflow is if they open the first one, they fall out of the workflow so they don't get the second one. But the the actual implementation specifics, we can go through separately. But yeah, it's very easy. We're talking a couple of minutes once you've got the initial email in place just to get it going again. And I just want to highlight, and I think I've hit upon this a few times, the only way to write a great email is with a clear goal in mind. So 
we even have this goal when we do um, pages on your website, have a clear goal for that page. And I think email is exactly the same. Have a clear goal in mind. Don't try and have verbal diarrhea on email. Break it up. You know, instead of sending one really long one, maybe break it up into weekly bite-sized chunks that people can actually digest and test it out and see. Like, don't be afraid to test or to break the norm in your business and see what happens. That's an excellent point. I've uh, that's a that's you're, you're preaching to me, mate, because that's I've, something I've got to fix. I'm I'm guilty of this as anyone else. I just write big long newsletters, yeah, and I don't keep clear goal in mind. So great, great reminder. Another tip I've got, and I think I mentioned this before in in my mastermind, is that send an email to people and say, "Would you like to hear from me once a week? Would you like to hear from me?" every fortnight would you like to hear from me every month or do you want to hear from me whenever i every day when i've got something to say because you might actually be surprised that if they are a hyper responsive customer or prospect they will probably want to hear from you every week or even every day or anytime you've got something to say and never discount that because you just uh, never know how much in need they might be to hear what you've got to say excellent point all right craig State of inbound item of the week. And so this is um, from research.hubspot.com. So we touched upon this last week and we're going to revisit some of these points because I think they are really relevant to this conversation about email marketing. Yeah, this is perfect for this. And so if you heard last week's episode, this is a great reminder about why people unsubscribe from your email. So there was this kind of three main reasons. And the first was you're sending too many emails. Like it's that simple. 78% of people unsubscribe. You're sending too many. As you said in your in your previous point, why don't you just give them a preference? They don't want it every week or every day. Give, just let them choose let how them often choose. they want it. But then I think the second one is overall is probably where we need to be focusing on, and that's the email topics weren't aligned with my interests, right? This yes. is the second main reason why Segmentation, people, right? Yeah, why, why they unsubscribe. And I think what we were saying last episode is, well, if you actually get that right, it'll probably solve the first problem Correct. anyway. <laughs> So I guess I would challenge people listening to this is to think about emails you get and what do you feel when you get it? And if sometimes you feel bugged by people or bugged by people sending emails and then think about the ones that you really love to hear from and think about the feeling you get and maybe you might want to hear from them all the time. So I would say use some of that psychology that you can feel to better fashion the emails that you're sending to people to get a better result. It's a good point, isn't it? Because don't you love those situations where you're, you're talking with, um, say, a marketing manager and it's like, oh, so um, uh, how often do you want to send emails? Out? And that's, oh, let's get them out. Let's blast them out. And then, then you say, oh, and so do you actually like getting emails? It's, oh, no, I hate it when I get all these emails. It's just like, <laughs> what? what? What do you, you know? So I guess we've all been guilty of that. I think that sounds like someone that goes, oh, no one's looking for me on Google. <laughs> but what did they do? They pull their phone out of their pocket and they start searching on Google. Yeah, that's Exactly right. All, All right. right. On to motivation of the week, Craig. This is something interesting that you found from theatlantic.com. I actually heard about this, I think, on the PNR podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago. It's, a, it's an article from The Atlantic. And what the, the article is about is how there's such a rise in company collaboration tools. Like Slack? Like Slack, yep. HipChat, all of these different Skype. messaging tools, Skype, all these kinds of ways that 
in terms of in within the business, whereas everyone used to email each other before, now we're using these collaboration and messaging and communication tools. And so what the effect of that is, is that people's work inboxes are actually dropping. They're actually getting less emails because a lot of that work-related email is moving to other platforms. And so the, this article is is basically saying there's two ways you can kind of choose to look at that. One, you can say, oh, email's dying, you know, uh, we, we can't use it. Or you can actually look at it and say, you know what, this is an opportunity. There's actually less work emails in people's inbox. There's more chance my email will get seen. I might get a better chance of visibility. And so the reason we included this in Motivation of the Week for the episode is because of this very fact. If you do read these doom and gloom articles about how email is dying and people aren't finding it as effective as they used to, actually, no, there's still plenty of opportunities. And the way technology is changing actually might mean there's more opportunities for your own business emails to to be visible absolutely so yeah now on to resource of the week craig so i've got we've got quite a few here from different sites uh, sem rush is a great tool that we use in our business to do some evaluation but they've got an excellent list of tips for email marketing that's quite an in-depth post, that one. I, I really like that because, and we've put this as the first one because if you if you don't read all of them, at least read this one because it's quite a comprehensive article covering not only things like ways of segmenting and breaking down your list, but also tips for subject lines and the types of content that people resonate with. And we've got some email training videos and resources, and these are from the HubSpot Academy. So they look good. I actually haven't looked at all of these in their entirety. There's 90 minutes of videos. So if, if video is the way you prefer to consume your stuff, this is great content. And the next one is really great. And this is coming back to behavioral. So I'll put this purely from a perspective of something you can take away and implement right now. So this is a great blog post on HubSpot where it talks about five different types of behavioral emails you can start sending today. So if there's anything you're going to take action on, take that, read it, run with it, implement it, and then get back to us and tell us how you went. All right. Reallygoodemails.com. I think what's interesting about this is not so much the type of content that you need to do, but the design of your emails. And so they had some really good examples. You know what I thought was interesting about this is that there were a few that had multi-column, like two-column. But by far, you're seeing this trend of beautiful design as long, single-column emails. Where And it's it's exactly like what you said at the start. When you're on your mobile, you just want to swipe up as you read down through the message rather than trying to work side-by-side and things like that. Yeah. And then the final one is something I discovered on the Academy HubSpot site which is called quick answers so in there it's got quick answers with a lot of lot of parts of hubspot there's an email part in there that's slightly below the fold so i'd I'd definitely tell you if you're using hubspot have that as a bookmarked resource that you can go to because it is fantastic it is good i actually hadn't seen this until you highlighted until i did my certification oh (laughs) right there you go well i just was looking at it earlier and i really like because they've got technical questions around some of our favorites which are like why do my images look bad in outlook you know they've actually got an article on that so that's really useful yeah so that's a fantastic resource and that will serve you well across the board all right, community item of the week is on inbound.org. Yeah, so and I guess this is our final shot for the episode. This is a really good way to see all the latest articles that people post around email. Yes. So it's kind of like a hub or a category within inbound.org of anything that's tag related to email. Yeah. 
it's really good. I go there and I just click through and see, find all these great resources. The good thing that I find often on inbound.org is people sharing case studies of things that they've done that have yeah, worked and right. haven't worked. So okay. if you're after inspiration on trying things, yes. as we always say, test and measure, right? There's always great case studies that you can learn from there. Fantastic, Craig. Well, everybody, I hope you've enjoyed this episode about email marketing. We'd love to hear your feedback. And if you've tried something, we'd love to hear the stories. If there's any suggestions that you can make, we'd love to hear from you. And we want to thank everybody at HubSpot for hosting us today. And we shall see you next week, Craig. Thanks, Ian. See you then. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of HubShots. For show notes, resources, HubSpot news, including practical strategies you can implement, visit us at hubshots.com.